Hey, welcome into Positive Light. We're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be God's Got Your Back. Not only does it mean protection, like it did for the Israelites, it means that when we've messed up or things have happened to us, God is behind us to finish the job, pick up the broken pieces, and mend them into something wonderful and beautiful. And one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 91, 14-16, which reads, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And Rick Warren writes, Goodness and mercy will always follow you. So when you put your trust in Jesus, you never need to fear the future. His goodness and mercy are with you every day. You're following the good shepherd, and he is out in front of you with his rod and staff. And at the back of the flock are a couple of sheepdogs, goodness and mercy, nipping at your heels, making sure you don't run off into a ravine. These two sheepdogs keep you on track as you follow the good shepherd. So God's goodness is watching over you. Did you know that a second has never passed in your life when God was not watching you? God is always paying attention to you because he created you to love you. He knows every detail of your life. Psalm 145.20 says, The Lord watches over all who love him. Not only does he watch over you, but he also protects you. The Bible says God will command his angels to protect you wherever you go from Psalm 91.11. God's protection doesn't mean that only good things will happen to you. Suffering and disappointment will still come your way. But God will ensure that good will come out of everything that happens to you whether or not you're able to see in this lifetime how he has been working. And God's mercy and grace is working in you. The Bible says in Isaiah 60.10, I will have mercy on you through my grace. Grace is when God gives you what you don't deserve. Mercy is when God doesn't give you what you do deserve. For all the ways your sin failed and made mistakes, you deserve punishment. Yet God pardons and forgives you through Christ. That's mercy. It is God's nature to be merciful. He loves to show his mercy. He doesn't get bored with it. He doesn't get tired of it. He doesn't get frustrated that you keep coming back for more. God doesn't say, okay, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'll give goodness. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll give mercy. And on Saturday and Sunday, you're on your own. That's simply not true. The truth is, God is with you every moment of every day, always offering his goodness and mercy. Nobody knows what's going to happen next week, much less next year or in the next 10 years. But when you face the future, you can know this. God will fill your life to overflowing, and his goodness and mercy will be with you. There's no need to fear. So next, I want to read you a little story from Andy Rooney, and it's called What I've Learned. And here it is. I've learned the best classroom in the world is at the feet of an elderly person. I've learned that when you're in love, it shows. I've learned that just one person saying to me, you've made my day, makes my day. I've learned that having a child fall asleep in your arms is one of the most peaceful feelings in the world. I've learned that being kind is more important than being right. I've learned that you should never say no to a gift from a child. 
I've learned that I can always pray for someone when I don't have the strength to help him in some other way. I've learned that no matter how serious your life requires you to be, everyone needs a friend to act goofy with. I've learned that sometimes all a person needs is a hand to hold and a heart to understand. I've learned that simple walks with my father around the block on summer nights when I was a child did wonders for me as an adult. I've learned that life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer I get to the end, the faster it goes. I've learned that we should be glad God doesn't give us everything we ask for. I've learned that money doesn't buy class. I've learned that it's those small daily happenings that make life so spectacular. I've learned that under everyone's hard shell is someone who wants to be appreciated and loved. I've learned that to ignore the facts does not change the facts. I've learned that when you plan to get even with someone, you are only letting the person continue to hurt you. I've learned that love, not time, heals all wounds. I've learned that the easiest way for me to grow as a person is to surround myself with people smarter than I am. I've learned that everyone you meet deserves to be greeted with a smile. I've learned that no one is perfect until you fall in love with them. I've learned that life is tough, but I'm tougher. I've learned the opportunities are never lost. Someone will take the ones you miss. I've learned that when you harbor bitterness, happiness will dox elsewhere. I've learned that I wish I could have told my mom that I love her one more time before she passed away. I've learned that one should keep his words both soft and tender because tomorrow he may have to eat them. I've learned that a smile is an inexpensive way to improve your looks. I've learned that when your newly born grandchild holds your little finger in his little fist that you're hooked for life. I've learned that everyone wants to live on top of the mountain but all the happiness and growth occurs while you're climbing it. And I've learned that the less time I have to work with, the more things I get done. So next, I want to introduce a song to you called Take Me to the Rock by Tommy and Eileen Walker. And here it is. Take me to the rock. Take me to the rock. Take me to the rock. That is higher than I. Take me to the rock Take me to the rock Take me to the rock That is higher than night Hear my cry, hear my prayer From the ends of the earth I call to you Shelter for me, yes A strong tower from the enemy Take me to Take me to the rock Take it
great song by Tommy Walker. And here's what Tommy said regarding this song. He said, this song is written from Psalm 61, in which David is writing from a low, weary, dangerous, and far from God place. What can be somewhat confusing yet wonderful is that David prays to be taken to the rock that is high above and simultaneously to God himself. 
Often when we are at our lowest point, we don't have the strength to get to God on our own. We need his intervention. Our God invites us to boldly cry out to him like the psalmist did. Lord, I'm here in this valley. Help me. Lead me and take me up to where you are. That is the prayer and promise of this song, that God will in fact lift us to himself. In a world experiencing wars, rumors of wars, and dangers of every kind, it's comforting to know that God has promised to protect his people. We may not all be on the front lines of a natural war, but we all face an enemy who intends to steal, kill, and destroy. However, we must always remember our God is more powerful than the devil, and when we make God our refuge, we have security in him. Just like a newborn baby wrapped in a warm, secure blanket, God wraps us up in his love, power, and protection. Psalm 91 has kept many a person safe during all kinds of danger in war. For instance, I heard of a commander in the Vietnam War who made all his troops quote Psalm 91 every day, whether they liked it or not. It paid off. His company didn't have one casualty. I also heard a similar testimony about a group of soldiers in World War II from a very small town named Sea Drift, Texas. Every day, the women of Seadrift prayed Psalm 91 over those men, and as a result, all returned home safely. That's the kind of protection God has provided for us. There is nothing anyone can come up with that is not covered by the promises and protection in God's word. He has provided a shelter that is ours for the taking. In fact, according to Psalm 61.3, God has been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. God himself is our shelter and refuge. The dictionary defines refuge as that which shelters or protects from danger, distress, or calamity, a stronghold which protects by its strength, or a sanctuary which secures safety by its sacredness any place inaccessible to an enemy. Psalm 91.4 tells us, Under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. When trouble comes your way, stay in that place of refuge in God. It's a place of safety from the enemy. So next I'd like to talk about five ways God keeps you safe in a dangerous place. And the first is, God's protection means you are inaccessible to the enemy, no matter what the circumstance. According to the scripture, God encircles, encompasses, covers, and shields those who make him their refuge. His presence, the anointing, is a kind of force field of protection, making you inaccessible to the enemy no matter what the circumstances. That's how men and women throughout the ages have been able to walk unharmed through all kinds of dangerous situations. That's how Daniel survived the lion's den. The lions couldn't get to him because a tangible force field of God's protection was around him. God was Daniel's refuge in the lion pit. And God was a refuge for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace as well. They were faithful to God and believed God, and a circle of his power, the tangible force of God's anointing, encased them. They didn't bow, they didn't burn, they didn't even smell of smoke. And an angel like the Son of God was in the furnace with them. They were not alone. Hallelujah. They were encompassed by the power of God. The same protection belongs to us today when we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, 
but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, The Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And that's from Psalm 91, 7-11. The Spirit of God told me this concerning the secret place. There is a place in Christ Jesus where we abide in the secret place of God's protection. The world knows nothing about this secret place, nor can they live there. It is a place revealed by the Holy Spirit. It is for the obedient. Our lives are hidden with Christ and God. You and I can live in the secret place. Wherever we go, that secret place goes with us, surrounding and encircling us. And the second is God has covered you with a garment of light. God himself is encircled by what scripture calls a garment of light. Psalm 104, 1 and 2 says, O Lord my God, you are clothed with honor and majesty. You are the one who covers yourself with light as with a garment. That is a description of glory of God. Adam was created in God's image and God crowned him with glory and honor. A Jewish commentary of Psalm 93 tells us, As he sang God's praises, Adam truly looked divine, because he was a reflection of God's image. Think about it. Adam looked just like God. He was clothed in the glory of God. He wore a garment of light. Now it's true, when Adam sinned, the glory departed from him. He lost that crown of honor. But thank God, Jesus got back everything in the redemption that Adam lost in the fall. As believers in Christ, we are temples of the living God. He goes everywhere we go when we are filled with Him. God lives in us and we should radiate His presence and love. He has covered us with a garment or shield of light. We may not always be able to see it, but rest assured, being in the spirit realm, including devils and demons, see and recognize the glory of God on us. Occasionally, this light is visible in the natural too. Someone took a picture of a preacher preaching at a convention. He was surrounded by God's glory. A shield of light was visible around him in the photo. And the third is, keep a shield of the word over you so no fiery dart of the devil can penetrate your life. Even though as a Christian the Holy Spirit lives within you, you still must make sure you have your shield of faith in place when the devil aims a fiery dart at you. And you do that by knowing what the word promises about protection and believing and standing on it in faith. You will not have faith to believe for this protection if you don't know what God says about it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Out of Romans 10.17 You must know his word to have any basis for faith. By keeping a shield of the word over you, no fiery dart of the devil can penetrate your life. Evil tidings may come, but don't listen to them. Circumstances may look grim, but keep your heart fixed on God's word. Look to his promises instead of the situation. Resist the devil, take your seat in the refuge of the Most High, and stay put. Hold your position even under pressure and your enemy will flee. Remember, everything you need is in that secret place with God. So hold your place by faith and believe what the Bible says. 
Believe that the Lord will bless the righteous as with a shield you will surround him with good will. From Psalm 5:12. God desires to bless you, to surround you with good will, to always protect you. And the fourth is your security will be determined by how much time and attention you give to God and his word in this life. It really isn't difficult to stay in that secret place, that place of protection with God. In fact, I can tell you how to do it in just a few words. Attach yourself to God. Go after the things of God. Go after his word. Make it a priority to spend time with him every day. Let everything in your life revolve around the relationship with him. You will discover God will always do his part when you turn to him. But he has given you a free will and it's up to you to do your part which is to attach yourself to him and depend on him. You choose to make the Lord your refuge, but then you must also choose to walk it out. Walking it out means believing God, rebuking fear, standing on the word, and speaking the promises of God when a fiery dart comes your way. Or you can choose to yield to fear and let go of your protection. You must decide how you will respond in a moment of crisis. The commentary of Psalm 121 in the Telium says, To the extent that man pays attention to the word of God and safeguards his commands, God will safeguard him. Your security will be determined by how much time and attention you give to God and his word in this life. That may sound simple, but it's the truth. The scriptures talk about it. Ye have little faith, and only you decide if that applies to you. If you give God a little bit of your time, you will have little faith and get little results. But when you give God your attention, spend time with him and his word, and refuse to believe in any other word for the situations you face, God will give you his attention and see it to that you come out all right. Time with God pays off. When you consistently walk with God and listen to him, even in the small things, you'll be prepared if a crisis occurs. You will have no problem hearing and obeying what he tells you to do. And when you are walking in his wisdom, you will always be protected. Sometimes just knowing which road to take can save your life. So learn to ask the Lord to direct your path each day. Pray Psalm 25.4 and says, Show me the path where I should go, O Lord. Point out the right road for me to walk. It's important to recognize God has your source and your number one means of protection. See him at your guardian of covering. I like the way Psalm 121 states this in the Tilium. The Lord is your guardian. The Lord is your shade. At your right hand the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from every evil. He will guard your soul. The Lord will guard your departure and your arrival from this time and forever. David understood God's ability to protect him. In fact, he depended on it. That's evident when you read the Psalms, particularly Psalm 3.3. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. One commentator in the Telem translates this verse to say, You, Lord, are a shield for my body in this world and a shield for my soul in the world to come. I like that, don't you? God can cover you in any situation. You don't need anyone else covering you when you have him covering you. People will let you down, but God will never let you down. 
Psalm 25:15 says, My eyes are ever looking at the Lord for help, for he alone can rescue me. Then verse 21 says, Assign me godliness and integrity as my bodyguards, for I expect you to protect me. God alone can rescue you. When you walk with God, trust him and walk in his ways. You can expect him to protect you. And five, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. We desire to abide in God's presence where there is not only protection, but also fullness of joy. It's interesting to note that the Jews believe the Spirit of the Lord will not manifest himself where there is sadness or depression. That makes sense to me because if you are sad or depressed, that means you are not believing God. If you are afraid or feel defeated, you're out of faith. In fact, part of the curse in Deuteronomy 28 says, If thy life shall hang in doubt before thee, and thou shalt fear the day and night, and shall have not none assurance of thy life. Think about it. Negative emotions can't get a foothold in our lives unless we turn loose of the promises of God that say we're delivered, that say God is our source of protection, provision, and every other good thing. So it just boils down to this. We have to live by faith and trust in God. In Him we have already been delivered from the whole curse. We protected from danger, sickness, lack of any other bad thing that's under the curse. God promised us in Psalm 91, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. So no matter what's happening in this world, you can rejoice because God's got you covered. God has your back. So I'm going to end today's episode on an audio clip from Billy Graham on a speech that will change your life forever. And here it is. Millions are crying, what can I do? to be saved from the pressures of life. The pressures are just so great. We have great technology to save time, but we have less time than ever. Escapism is a subconscious mechanism to escape reality. Job said, my days are spent without hope. Isaiah the prophet said, even the youths shall faint and be weary. Cain, who had killed Abel, had a terrible guilt in his life. And he said, my burden is greater than I can bear. Job, who suffered so much in the Bible, wanted to die. Thousands of people are suffering from some sort of mental illness. We're called the tormented generation. The tensions in the home, problems at work, health problems, making ends meet. We want to scream at life. We want to escape from life. The psalmist said, and I said, oh, that I had the wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and be at rest. Have you said that? I'd like to just fly away from my problem, get away from it, and have rest. The psalmist longing to escape has become the cry of the world today, but there doesn't seem to be any way out for you. To those people, Jesus said, I'm the way out. Jesus said, I'm the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shall be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. In the sight of God, man is an individual. And God looks upon you as an individual that he loves. He has the hairs of your head numbered. 
He sees the sparrow fall. He loves you. He's interested in you. And he wants you to talk to him and tell him what your problems are. And he will help you. He loves you so much that he died on the cross for you and shed his blood for you. And if you repent of your sins and receive him into your heart, you'll be saved. You'll go to heaven. You don't have to straighten out your life first. You don't have to go home and do something good in order to find Christ. You do that after you've come to Christ. We don't have to make ourselves well before going to a doctor. He sees sick people. He doesn't see well people. Jesus was called the great physician. He said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And we're all sinners, so are you. The blind man came to Jesus just as he was. The leper came just as he was. You can come to Christ tonight just as you are. You don't have to go and clean up anything. You don't have to go change clothes and put on your Sunday best. Just come as you are and say, Lord, I am just a person in need of Christ. I need to know that I know Christ. What do I have to do to believe? You have to become as a little child. The Bible says all the way through the New Testament that we enter the kingdom of God by faith. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith. Now, grace means something you don't earn. You don't work for it. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't get good enough to get to heaven. The word believe implies commitment, surrender. You believe in the person of Christ. And that word believe means that you commit your life to him. You're not trusting anything for your future. The little boy that I heard about, he said, you know, this life is short, but from what I've heard, eternity is awfully long. And said, we better spend our time getting ready for eternity. Because we never know what the next hour is going to bring forth, what the next day is going to bring forth. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Come while you can. So that does bring an end of our episode today. And my closing prayer, as always, is that God blesses the journey on with him and that you embrace that path. So next week's episode is going to be on having faith that God is with us. Hey, so you can connect with me at positivelightpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And anywhere you download your podcast, you can get Positive Light for free. So I hope everybody had a great week. God bless, and we'll catch you next week.